Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tonight, amid growing tensions with China, we're with American forces in the Pacific, where General Mike Minahan is preparing his airmen for a mission he's warned could come soon. Do you think the U.S. could be at war with China in the next few years? It's not me to say whether we could be at war with China in the next few years. Earlier this year, Minahan, the head of Air Mobility Command, wrote a controversial memo to his commanders warning the U.S. could be at war with China in two years and they need to be prepared. Do you still believe that? I don't believe conflict is inevitable. I don't believe it's unavoidable. Um, but I also believe that ready now is what matters most. So that was it from NBC News last night. They did an exclusive, and their tease through the entire newscast was, are we ready for war with China? And an NBC exclusive. And I thought, wow, the fact that that phrase is even being said out loud is such a change from just a couple years ago. I mean, not like, hold on, sit down, there's a chance. The United States, the two biggest economies, the two biggest countries in the world could go to war. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's just like common knowledge. Are we ready for war with China was their tease. And I thought, holy crap. But anyway, um, so that was the military guy. You remember that story from last year, as they said there, where he, he wrote in a memo that came out that he thinks will be in a conflict with China within two years. And they spent so much of the dang segment trying to nail him down on that. 
That was so dopey. I'm sorry. It is dopey, and I just I found that frustrating. And but he didn't back off it. I mean, he used different ways to word it to not sound as inflammatory, so that they, everybody wouldn't go, "Oh my God!" He certainly didn't back off that statement. And why would he? Well, no, I, that whole conversation was so idiotic. That's the purpose of the military is to be ready for conflict. And he was letting his people know, hey, this is not some sort of imaginary exercise. It's entirely possible we will be in conflict. So bear that in mind as you train, as you do your jobs. That's a, that's a perfectly legitimate. The controversial memo. It's just so stupid. It, Sorry. Is, it is stupid for stupid people. Uh, could we hear the other clip from that segment? In his memo, Minahan told Airman to get ready by firing from a clip and to aim for the head. I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm trying to provide my formation with the tools and the action and the priority necessary to win. Do you still agree with everything you wrote in that January memo? I agree absolutely with the urgency and the action. Are you ready now? We are ready now. That assurance coming even as some critics have voiced concerns the U.S. is not modernizing equipment fast enough for a potential conflict. But Minahan telling us exercises like these are critical to being ready. Yeah, that was the important part of the segment NBC did was how ready are we and get away from the stupid gossipy part of the memo. Um, uh, how ready are we for a, for a war with China? And and they're training seriously. They, they showed some of the exercises we're doing that are you know, not not um, not cloaked resemblances of a war with some country. No, specifically, this is what we'd have to do if we were at war with China. Of course, of course, we should be doing that to let them know that we're doing that because they're doing exactly the same thing. If you remember the stories mm-hmm. of they have targeting practice on uh, target practice on aircraft carriers that are exactly our aircraft carriers. They're not pretending they're, they're just some if there were a conflict ever in the future. No, China's. Training for war with the United States. So we might as well be training for war with them. Did the Chinese generals put out a controversial memo saying they would fire at models of U.S. carriers? Oh, I they, just can't get over the dopiness. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I don't know if a country that has that sort of media and treats its population that way can win. Because I'm sure the generals in China are just sitting there at the table saying, when we go to war with the United States, should we shoot here first or hit them there first? And then when we sink this aircraft carrier that they probably name by name, then we'll, you know... They're not playing this stupid game. Well, and and this is my final shot at the uh, the nice little gal there who did that report. Um, are we ready? Yes, we are. He says, as if he's going to say no, not even close. <laughs> Jeez, this happens in the next two or three years. We're screwed. No, he's going to say we're ready, but uh, you know, I think anybody who studies this stuff realizes we are a I don't know what uh, sports metaphor do you want to use. We're a quarterback who hasn't actually been off the bench in three years. We feel like we're ready to get into a game, but gosh, we haven't actually done our job for a while. I mean, really done it. So who knows? Who knows? I know. Uh, he, was he a Navy guy? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, the Navy definitely has issues. But anyway, uh, speaking of China, I thought this was so interesting from the Wall Street Journal. Uh Xi Jinping, well, I'll give you the headline. Xi Jinping chokes off crucial engine of China's economy. First quarter of last year, there was a hundred billion dollars in foreign investment in China. Hundred billion dollars. This year, first quarter, twenty billion. Wow. It fell by eighty percent because Xi Jinping is kicking it commie style more and more. 
specifically, and if you read business news, you're familiar with this. If you don't, you're probably not. But um, she's national security agenda is really taking the forefront even more than business. And its focus is fending off perceived foreign threats. So Chinese investment is now looking more and more like a minefield for foreign firms for a bunch of different reasons. Quoting from the journal, a she-led campaign this year has hit Western management consultants, auditors, and other firms with a wave of raids, investigations, and detentions. Meanwhile, an expanded anti-espionage law has added to foreign executives' worry that conducting routine business activities in China, such as market research, could be construed as spying. So if you if you do a study of uh, how uh, Chinese currency flows from real estate to retail, for instance, um, you will get busted by the Chinese authorities for spying. I get that. That's uh, that often is a cover for spying. Having read a, a lot about you know the Soviet days of them spying on us, that that was a lot. What, of, are you working for the Chinese? No, that was on the lo- Chinese side. Which side are you on? Have you signed your loyalty oath? Hmm? Soviets would do that all the time. Just be in a town and. You know, try to gather all that kind of information. But, uh, yeah, that would that would choke off your 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 economy quite a bit. The perception that doing business in China has become much riskier is choking the flow of capital into an economy already struggling with weak private investment and consumption, as well as as soaring youth unemployment, plunging real estate market, rapidly aging population, etc. It is striking to me. That when China was most successful at hiding its true colors, when it was making its phony, hey, we just want to modernize and be your friend. I mean, this communist thing, we're really seriously rethinking of it, thinking it. So why don't you invest heavily in our country, share a bunch of technology with us, and we'll modernize and and, and become an active participant in the world community. When they were really faking that well, their economy was soaring. But Xi Jinping saw the direction things were going under some of his predecessors and said, no, we're communists. We're actual communists, and and we're going to take control again. Now the economy is tanking again. and Well, not tanking might overstate it, but uh, the brake pedal has been hit hard. What the next chapter is, is is really interesting to me. Did you know that three Chinese ministers are visiting the United States before October, and that is supposed to pave the way for Biden and Xi to meet in San Francisco in November? I didn't know that. Biden and Xi are meeting in the United States in November. Do you think Xi Jinping is going to want to visit Chinatown? Or is it just redundant? Wow. I mean, is there any point? I am an ox. What are you? I was born in the year of the snake, as a matter of fact. And, uh, and Biden <laughs> will say, I'm a rat. Oh, I think an ox and a rat can get along. Ha, 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 ha. I doubt that. Right. And then they'll buy some cheap souvenirs and uh, be on their way. <laughs> right. Enjoy some of them pork dumplings. Ooh. Look at those duck feet in a basket and say, who could eat that? <laughs> what is that, a beaver? No, no, I think it's a cat. Um, anyway. Preston Xi walking through Chinatown. That's pretty Hey, this funny. is really cool. <laughs> um, anywho. Oh, so I feel like we've departed from the main topic. <laughs> A bunch of chat GPT or AI stories for you, including Kamala Harris's explanation of AI for some group yesterday. But uh, chat GPT is being investigated by the government. You've also got Elon Musk doing a new AI thing because he thinks it's uh, getting out of control. A hearing yesterday, 
which Senator Schumer spoke about uh, the difficulties of AI, maybe being the biggest challenge Congress has ever faced, which is a heck of a thing to say, and he may be right. Um, But all on the way. Hope you can stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I mocked the internet for uh, for many years. Because uh, there were all these promises about how it was going to change all these different industries and take over the world and everything like that. And it did. It, it eventually did. I mean, everything took about Took over, life. ruined... Different people use different terms. <laughs> Everything about life is different since the internet came along. Uh, there have been other things, though, that have been promised to like change society, and they have not panned out. I was uh, speaking of being on vacation. I think it was in Santa Barbara. We saw some people on those had rented those Segway scooters. Do you remember mm. when that thing was teased for months as this will change the world? It will change society. It will, and it didn't. I mean, people on vacation. Co- code name Ginger, right? Is that right? think maybe you're right yeah but uh, but you know occasionally on vacation some people rent them is not some people use them to tour the u.s capitol is <laughs> not changing the world mall cops use them <laughs> uh but so some, some but like i didn't know when i bought my first iphone that that would change my life and ev- the way everybody acts i didn't know that when i got my first iphone but it sure did artificial intelligence is absolutely going to upend everything. This one, I just, I feel like I have no doubt about. Don't, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, oh, yeah. Question. Oh, my goodness, yeah. 
So a couple of different things. Elon, before we get to Kamala Harris, if you don't understand artificial intelligence, we have Kamala Harris explaining it to you coming up in seconds. But um, uh, uh, Elon Musk announced some new AI venture yesterday. He he was the original guy with ChatGPT, which I didn't really understand at first. He and some other guys started it with the idea of we need this to be open, nonprofit, open AI you know, so that so it doesn't get out of control. We can all take a look at this and say, how are we going to regulate it? Blah, blah, blah. Then he got out of it. It went private. And now it's a for profit thing. And, and and off we go into the future with artificial intelligence being whatever it's going to be. That's why Chuck Schumer is looking into it or Congress is looking into it. And as he is the leader of the Senate, they had a big hearing yesterday. And uh, coming out of the he- hearing, he announced that this is going to be one of the hardest tasks that Congress has ever faced. Now, he is a, a man who is likes his hyperbole. I think that he's absolutely right. I, I can't even imagine how Congress is going to deal with AI. Well, um, the, the people who are most into it point out that tomorrow will be very different from today. Right. And I don't mean like when your kids are grown. I mean freaking Friday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So any you have to guess to try to stay ahead of it and it'll change so fast and nobody really knows where it's going. I mean, if the very people who created AI don't know if they can get rid of those hallucinations, that tells you everything you need to know. We don't know where this is headed. Anyway, he said it's going to be one of the most dis- difficult, hardest tasks that Congress has ever faced. Making it even more difficult, writes Bloomberg, is the fact that AI is already widely used among the Washington political class. Then they do this. This is media criticism here. Bloomberg talks about it's already being used for dirty tricks in campaigning. They mention a couple of Republican things. Then they say there are other ways to use AI and talk about how Democrats are using it for fundraising and to to uh, to uh, to, you know, to help charities or whatever. <laughs> oh come on! Come on! Are you going to pretend that only Republicans are 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 or are going to use AI for dirty tricks? Hilarious. Whatever. Anyway, and then this leads us to what we want to get to uh, in the Bloomberg article. Down the street at the White House, Vice President Kamala Harris called a meeting with civil rights and labor leaders to discuss the technology. Mm. And I guess that's what this clip is. This is her explaining AI to a bunch of leaders. I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence, but ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine, and, and we can predict then, if we think about what, machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. So there's just two choices with her, as far as I can see, and you tell me. Okay. She, she either thinks we're all, that she's so much smarter than all of us, she has to talk to us like we're five-year-olds, mm-hmm. or she's an idiot herself. Bingo. <laughs> that was funny, Michael. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, it was. All I can tell you, I mean, all the evidence points to the fact that she's an idiot. I mean, uh, her her word salads are uh, endless. It's an, it's an all-you-can-eat word salad bar. <laughs> 
and she wouldn't do that in all situations. Bring to me the example where she is brilliant and incisive. That's a good point. If she were super smart, sometimes when she's talking to some groups, you would think she'd come off as smart. But she always talks like she's talking to first graders. Play, play uh, 21 again, Michael. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. Yeah, we, we know AI is two letters. We've counted them. I mean, that's an astonishing thing to say. Uh, so, and I also must rely, and I've told this story before, I think it was while she was Joe Biden's ticket mate, before she was elected, I had friends who were uh, highly placed in law enforcement in California who'd worked with her telling me, She's an idiot. And I'd be like, come on, fellas. All right. You know, I know she's a liberal and all. And they, they were like, Joe, listen to me. No, she's a dope. She's not smart. And I'd be like, okay, fellas. All right. And then after she got elected and proved herself to be a moron, they text me and say, what did we tell you? Can you be a moron? Can you become attorney general of the biggest state in the country? Then a U.S. senator, the world's most exclusive club, then vice president of the United States being an idiot? Yes. Bingo. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're sitting there in Yankee Stadium asking me, can Aaron Judge hit a ball that far? You just saw it. Why did, what, what do you want out of me? She's an idiot. Now, she, she checks ethnic boxes. Reasonably attractive. Yeah. The girlfriend of the most powerful man in California politics in the last hundred years, Willie Brown. Right. That doesn't hurt. No, and she, you know, and in a one-party state, she po- she polled reasonably well, and so just got elevated over and over again. And she does the bidding of those who tell her what to do. Oh, some machine learning, and then she always does that pause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Taxlayer, Tax Act, and H&R Block show up in this report. And if you used one of these at home, no doubt you thought that your information was being kept confidential. And yet now there's information that your income, your refund amount, your marital status, names of dependents, your name, your email, your city, state, zip code, phone number, and gender were among the things that may have been passed on to these great big companies without you knowing it. Well, that would explain... A whole bunch of emails and robocalls you get and stuff in the mail, right? If it turns out the company that did your taxes is sharing all your information with the world. I'm sure it's there in the fine print somewhere when you click agree. Right, so they can share your income and, uh, you know, obviously your tax stuff would have everything. We got a great email once, uh, months and months ago, uh, from one of our beloved listeners. We were talking about... Uh, I think it was China's effort to just collect all the data it possibly could on every American it possibly could. And uh, we were wondering, you know, why they bothered. I can't remember precisely the discussion, but the answer was, guys, it's an ancient saying, knowledge is power. And you don't always know in what way what knowledge is going to give you what power, but you collect it and you keep it and you file it and the rest of it. And a dope like myself has a bit of an understanding of why my data is so valuable. But the fact that all these companies are working this hard to get it, I mean, it tells me it's valuable. So the guys doing my taxes, they don't give a damn about my taxes. They're there to get my data. Right. It's like somebody once told us that uh, in the solar industry... And there are many fine companies that will install a terrific solar system on your house and save you money year after year. But the reason those companies exist is for the loans, to create the loans on the solar system. Sure. They're a loan company that has a crew that puts in solar uh, systems. And in the same way, a lot of these free and almost free tax services, they're a data collection company. They just happen to have a few people over in that office who do taxes. Well, like, and when and when we uh, found out that the reason big screen TV prices plummeted is when they all became smart TVs, the amount of data that a smart TV collects, that's why the TV is so much cheaper. than you know, it seemed, oh, I can get an 80-inch TV, blah, 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 for this amount of money, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's collecting data nonstop that they sell to other people. Yeah, including with the microphone that's always on on a lot of models. Probably, yeah. Oh, my God.
Well, luckily, I say stupid stuff for a living, so they're not going to get anything on me. But uh, on a totally different topic, uh, a headline in the New York Times, Democrats try novel tactic to revive the Equal Rights Amendment. I will warn you in advance, they quote Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, who is uh, hmm, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, and Cori Bush of Missouri, who, if you know her act, I don't need to tell you anything. Um, But they're pushing this idea that the Equal Rights Amendment, and if you're old enough, you might remember it. It was a big thing, I guess, in the 70s and 80s. I was just going to Google it, try to figure out when was that actually going on? Because when I was a kid, that was all the talk, right? I got that in front of me, if you want. Okay, go ahead. Uh, So Congress passed the Equal Rights Amendment in 1972 and subsequently enacted a law that extended the deadline to ratify that amendment by 10 years. Um, <clears throat> because there's a time limit to ratify uh, constitutional amendments. Um, since then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, but by 1982, when the time ran out, only 35 states had ratified, and it has to be two-thirds, so that's a little short. But this is particularly about making things equal between men and women, equal rights e- amendment? Yeah, and that's and and I did a little research going into this, not as much as I would have liked to, uh, some of the arguments pro and con. And and I'll get to that in a second, but uh, only 35 states had ratified. Since then, three more states have ratified the amendment after the deadline, surpassing the threshold, but others have rescinded their ratifications, which has left the amendment in legal and political limbo because the Constitution is very, very vague on how you ratify amendments. It has the numbers, but no time limits. And that's just kind of agreed upon at the time. I didn't know that. So, 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 so. So the reason we have so few, so few amendments is it's so difficult to get that many states. But you can keep adding a state here and there over decades, it would appear. Wow, interesting. Well, well you can't. That's the point. Um, I suppose you could, but the way they're written and proposed generally has a time limit. Anyway, uh, so Kirsten Gillibrand and Cory Bush are set to introduce a joint resolution today in the Senate stating the measure's already been ratified and it's enforceable as the 28th Amendment to the Constitution. It's already in force because of their novel legal theory, Mm. which doesn't hold a bit of water. Um, You know what this is? It's like the forgiving the student's loans thing. Uh. Nobody thinks it's real in good conscience, but they're going to howl that it's real and make Republicans say, no, it's not. We got to call you on this and they can howl look republicans are against equal rights for women ironically on the democrat side of the aisle a lot of them don't even recognize that there's such a thing as a woman such a thing as a woman i should uh-huh. say good point that makes it it's this is a rough time for the era to finally make its way into the constitution when you got a bunch of the country claiming there's no such thing as a man or a woman that would be the first thing I would ask Kirsten Gillibrand. I wouldn't ask Cori Bush because she'd just scream, you're a racist at me, and that would end that discussion. But I'd ask Kirsten Gillibrand. Now, is that like anybody who just says next Tuesday, I'm a woman? Or are you talking about real women, women, biological women? Well, in short, women. That'd be fun to watch her try to tap dance around that that answer. Um so, anyway, you'll probably be hearing that story. It's, uh, again, it's a virtue signal. It's forcing Republicans to say, no, you can't do that. So, the um, uh, writers in Hollywood have been on strike for quite some time, and you haven't noticed. And uh, some of it is around AI issues. But now, as of today, the actors are on strike also. And a whole, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of other 
parts of the machinery of Hollywood are on strike. But there is a new movie coming out I'm really looking forward to. I'll tell you about that. Maybe you'll like it, too. And a TV show you got to be watching. Mm. Tell you about that next, right after this. A quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. They want you to have it all this summertime. Free time and fresh, tasty food. That's why they take care of the planning, shopping, and deliver the ingredients so everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right to your door. We just got our box yesterday. Yep, so did I, and I look forward to whipping something up. I I don't exactly whip. I I put it together, (laughs) but it is quite easy. Even I can do it. Um, When you need dinner on the table, quick, HelloFresh's fast and fresh recipes are ready in just 15 minutes or less. And when it comes to dinner, everyone wants options. HelloFresh gets it, and that's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from every week. Whether you're empty nesters like Judy and me, or you got a house full of kids and they're a little picky, you won't get bored eating the same old thing night after night. Great variety. So uh, go to HelloFresh.com, save 50% off, plus free shipping if you use our code ARMSTRONG50. HelloFresh.com slash ARMSTRONG50. So delicious. We had a spicy pasta dish last night. Uh, that's code ARMSTRONG50 at HelloFresh.com slash ARMSTRONG50. So we've had Jensen in the newsroom on the air before. I wish I'd have brought her in the other day on Monday. I meant to, and I just never got around to it, because I like to be ahead of the... I want you to hear about it here, not somewhere else. So it makes us seem like we're cool and hip on the front edge or whatever. She she said to me, um, uh, she said, are you watching The Bear? And I said, oh. no. And she said, it's not only my favorite TV show currently, it's my favorite TV show of all time. Wow. Of all time. And she's a big TV watcher. And Is then, it a, uh, a talking bear? And then the the the, bar, the the reason I wish I'd have brought her in here to talk about it is in the last three days I've just come across so many different people talking about how they love the bear and I thought ah damn it we could have been ahead of this yes Michael no Hanson loves it Hanson loves the bear have you watched the bear I haven't watched it no uh, let me read a description that I just came across yesterday unfortunately we could have been ahead of this fun I just brought Jensen in to talk about it um, the bear the second season of ju- which just dropped on Hulu for those who haven't seen it the show follows a prodigy chef. Uh, and his attempt to save his family's struggling Chicago sandwich joint following the untimely oh, death of his brother. Right. And I and I just in the last couple of days have come across it from so many different quadrants. People say, oh, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. So I got to admit, I haven't seen a, se- a second of it, but people of different like ages, political stripes, everything are saying it kind of reminds me of when uh, everybody was talking about Tiger King and all that, you know, and it turned out to be as great as they were saying. So I, I do enjoy it. a good sandwich drama. Well, as we all know, the, the 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 plot, the theme, or whatever, is meaningless. It's all about the writing, the acting, and everything like that. So I don't know. You get to your pastrami shipment comes in too fatty. You're gonna lose customers. <laughs> so that's one thing. Uh, check out the bear, or I'm gonna check out the bear. I, and I said, is this something my kids can watch? Because I can't really watch any TV that kids don't watch. I just I don't have the opportunity. I've got a kid with me always. Um, she said, absolutely not. <laughs> so that gives you, oh boy. That gives you some hint. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm working on something here. I'm combining this discussion with the discussion about our smart TVs or collecting our data. Some days you watch the bar. Some days the bar watches you. There you, you. go. Huh? What? Um, <laughs> and then a movie that I'm looking forward to seeing. I actually started into the book kind of randomly recently. Pulitzer Prize winning biography of... Uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the guy that gets credit for, you know, coming oh, up with a yeah. nuclear bomb. And there's a new book out based on, or a new movie out based on that book. 
and it's supposed to be absolutely fantastic, and that is coming out soon. The New York Times review of it is great, and I really look forward to it. And it's supposed to be really close to uh, the book in terms of like mm. history and something to learn, so I look forward to it. Yeah, I, I would like to to see that slash or, or maybe read it just because I've always found it so confusing that Oppenheimer carried so much guilt through his I life. I don't get it. I wish I could sit down and talk to him, say, dude, what, what, what were you supposed to do? Let the Nazis get it? It makes no sense that you're tortured by this. Why are you yelling at him? Well, it just seems, poor man, he's tortured by guilt. It seems so self-evident to me. Why yeah, are you tortured yeah. by guilt about getting the bomb first for the good guys as opposed to letting the Nazis get it? Maybe it's just his name is now tied forever to nuclear death. But does anybody... You are an idiot if you blame oh, him for no, nuclear oh, I'm weapons. I'm so sorry, doctor. I'm so sorry for Jack's <laughs> abuse. You're an idiot if you blame him yes. for nuclear weapons or any deaths from nuclear weapons that could ever come. It was going to happen one way or another. You want us to have it. I don't know, but I, but he was. He was absolutely tortured his whole life by that. Yeah, I, I think I get it. I understand what you're saying, but when you see 100,000 dead in Hiroshima, including many, many innocent people, they're just citizens of a rogue regime, and you develop that technology, you'd have at least ambivalence. I don't know. Maybe I'm cold-hearted, but I would think I'm sure glad that was Hiroshima and not New York. Let's show a uh, show of hands with the staff. Who thinks Jack's cold-hearted? <laughs> oh, well, I think, okay, there you go. <laughs> but that's a decent argument. I'm glad that was Hiroshima and not New York or yes. Omaha, which it would but have still, been. still, you'd be ambivalent. You'd have feelings in both directions. Yeah. Anyway, that movie, that TV show, there you go. Those are your tips. Kill some time on a hot day. 124 in Palm Springs are expecting today. Get out your camels. <laughs> That's hot. Going to be sweating through the dolphin shorts, huh? Oh, what what was that comment? Would you what like comment? to, instead of just hinting at something, would you like to just state with purpose what you're referring Not to? really, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll skip it, Mr. Coldhearted. <laughs> More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you just want to tease that story first? Because I'm aware of the story. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. press dinner explodes in war of words and farting. Dinner table events. It is the funniest, most stupid political story of the last 15 years. (laughs) I read it last night, actually. Plus, uh, two fascinating notes about Lithuania, where NATO was just uh, a meeting. If you don't find both of these fun facts absolutely worthy of repeating at dinner tonight, I will refund your money. <laughs> okay, fantastic. And then I've got a, uh, a personal deficiency to share in a moment. But first, a couple of texts. I was talking about Santa Barbara. I was there with my with the, the kids, and I was just looking around and thinking, if you lived here, how would you ever leave? And so we got this, um, and I know somebody that went and toured the campus and ended up not going there, but they're still tortured by having even just walked around the campus, <laughs> which is right there on the ocean. Um, I went to the University of Santa Barbara and have always observed that there are two types of people who graduate from UCSB. Those who graduate, move away, work hard all their lives with the idea that I'm going to go back, or others who decide to wait tables for the rest of their lives so they can stay. <laughs> wow. I don't I don't know that it would be like, uh, I don't know if it's like this or not. 
That's eh, a terrible example. I won't use that example. But uh, the, the example I used better uh, earlier was like if you've ever sat courtside at a basketball game, it's hard to go back to the uh, the seats in the upper deck that you enjoyed mm-hmm. before. And right. um, yeah, I don't know. My wow, that's that's so interesting and rings so true. My daughter actually, they wanted her to go go there, and she said, "No, nah, I'm not really interested." Uh, and I was like, "Are you crazy?" Well, it's a good but thing I'm, she I'm didn't. I'm kind of glad she didn't. Well, I mean, you shouldn't choose your college based on its proximity to the ocean. But um, uh, it would be, you look around that campus and you think, woo. Um, also, back to TV and movies. couple of these, this comes up a lot, IRL. Have you seen Sound of Freedom yet? That's the movie about human uh. trafficking, kid trafficking or whatever. I thought it was amazing. Somebody else texted and said, I knew this problem was significant, child trafficking, but I had no idea how large of a criminal enterprise is and how deeply it depends on the U.S. predator consumers to survive and thrive. I don't know anything about the story, but it, it's it's doing great at the box office, and people say it is really tough to watch, but very interesting. So. Hmm. And then another, this would be the, I think, fourth or fifth person I've heard say, The Bear is the best television show ever. Wow. How often do you hear somebody say that? Wow. So I got to check that out. So that's that cocaine bear show, right? No, no. It's about a uh, chef. Ah, different on, show. It's on Hulu. So get yet another subscribing service. Um, I don't remember how this came up on the show the other day. But uh, I wanted to talk about it. I wish I could remember what what was. But the idea of how often whenever you speak, it is with the design to make you look better. So I got on this kick a couple of years ago from something I read. I think it was something religious, but it doesn't have to be. It was um, just just trying to get that out of your life. The uh, the 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 hey, look at me, or look how cool I am, or smarter I am, or whatever. But it, it, and and there was a challenge in there about before you start talking, try to focus. Like if you're sitting in a meeting or something like that, try to focus on: Am I saying this to contribute to the conversation, or is it merely a, a dinner at a restaurant? Is a perfect example. Am I saying this just to make myself look cool, funny, whatever, or or, or, am, I, or am I contributing much? And if hmm. and if you do that, maybe you're different than me. Maybe I have a specific problem. But it's amazing how much less I speak if I eliminate all the times it's just about making myself look better. Try that today. Yeah. Just just you know, give yourself a pause at a meeting or in a car with a bunch of people or a dinner with the whatever. How often when you talk, it's it's, it's merely an attempt to make yourself look cooler, smarter, funnier, whatever. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's important. I don't know if that's I'm just a af- human condition. I'm, I'm afraid to say anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to share the fact that a lot of that self-aggrandizing where I've been, what I've done conversation, I, I will not participate in. I just can't. But me saying I can't do that. <laughs> Is self-aggrandizing, right? Well, and it's I don't, self-praise. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to get too far into it where it gets you're paralyzed to speak. But I brought this up with somebody the other day, and they said I do that sometimes. I know I do it in meetings where I ask a question, I know the answer, but the point of me asking the question is to show other people that I know, you know, X, Y, or Z. And yeah, yeah wow, yeah, and it's just see, I overthink everything, so that could paralyze me. I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about dogs and somebody mentions beating a dog and you say i would never beat a dog 
Well, you, I mean, you is, are did I express it. that because I'm I'm trying to advocate mm-hmm. for a principle or to show myself as a kind and gentle well, person? You'd have to make that decision yourself. It certainly could I be. I can't. The, it certainly could be the former. I don't former. know. I don't know. It certainly could be the former. But I think we all know the egregious examples that we're all guilty of when the only reason you said something was to make yourself look cooler, <laughs> smarter, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, what if you were to hold a press availability and it descended into people screaming at each other and farting aggressively? That's not a good look for your campaign. Not a good scent either. Robert Kennedy Jr.'s press meltdown next hour. (laughs) And if you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.